Lace up your boots and grab your mouth guards. It's time for the Rugby Wrap, the podcast about all things Western Force and the game we love. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Rugby Wrap. Nice to have you with us as we approach the penultimate round of the Super Rugby Pacific competition. My name's Mick Collis. Joining me, as always, former Wallaby Mitch Hardy. Mitch, good to see you. Nice to be back again, Mick, after a um, bit of entertainment on the weekend with our Stan Sport coverage with Zulu yep. Door. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Moving into this week where it's uh, busy times, but good times. Good. And the man to see if you need a shoulder or knee, Heath Tessman. <laughs> yeah, Ryan. Slinging, <laughs> slinging them out left, right and centre. <laughs> two for one. Actually, no, we won't. <laughs> now, one thing we've always championed on this podcast is having professional players remain in contact with the game when they hang up their boots. Now, Johan Bardul had an extensive career playing with the Waikato Chiefs, Yamaha and Coca-Cola Red Sparks in Japan, as well as the Western Force here in Perth. In 2021, he took over the premier grade head coaching role with Perth Bayswater, and he joins us now. So, Johan, great to have you with us on the Rugby Wrap. Good to be here. Thank you for having me. No worries at all. Now, I was looking around some articles um, today, and I saw a headline from the West Australian that said, retiring second rower, Johan Bardul says Western Force helped him find his love of rugby again. Can you tell us a bit about the sentiment behind that headline? Um, yeah, so I suppose um, I was uh, playing for the Chiefs, where I'm obviously from, um, being coached by Dave Rennie, and, and it was a great environment to be in, to be in and be a part of. Um, and then getting older, I, I decided to um, head over to Japan um, to, to financially support my future um and yes i actually had one more year left in my contract uh so i was signed until the end of 2017 but at the end of 2016 i decided to break my contract and head to head to japan um, to go to yamaha i signed a two-year contract there um which i thought was going to be completely different to um i was a bit naive i suppose and then yeah cutting a long story short i i didn't enjoy my time um time there at all um and yeah and then got the opportunity at the end of that two years to to go to the western force before i went back to japan to go to a different club where i did my research a bit better um before i went to coca-cola and, and there was kiwi coaches there with some kiwi guys that i played with and um yeah but in between that time the force had been cut from the super rugby um and i wasn't going to be going to um, back to Coca-Cola, well, to Coca-Cola to Japan until like end of end of May, sort of June. So I had like four or five months free, and and yeah, Hojo got hold of my agent, and um, yeah, so I took a four month contract at the Force, um, and and found my love for rugby again. Yeah, because what what was it about the Force that you liked in comparison to your first stint in Japan? Uh, I, I suppose just. Um, I suppose playing for playing for an area, playing playing for an actual place, um, playing for people like like Tess that had served that jersey for a long time, and obviously the heartbreak of being kicked out of Super Rugby, um, and me obviously not really having any affiliation with the force, but playing for guys, um, you know, like Tess and, and a few others, you, you know, like you could you could become part of the culture because of what it meant to them I suppose and mm-hmm. uh, on, in Japan um, as you know you know you play for companies over there so it'd be like playing for Bunnings um, yep. <laughs> which, which don't get me wrong it's a good place to go on a Saturday morning but um, <laughs> great sausages <laughs> yeah 
but you know it's pretty hard to sort of draw uh, you know sort of sort of a, a culture from it um yeah. and that, and that was where i really struggled with we, we had japanese coaches which which wasn't yeah which wasn't ideal for me but um but yeah it's really hard to draw sort of a reason and, and a you know like a reason to why you play and who you play for um which i really struggled with um coming from you know dave rennie who's massive on culture so um and the force have that they have great supporters we all know you know um the sea of blue um and, and that was that was it was nice to just to be playing you know playing for a reason i think and so so when you retired what year did you retire end of 2020 2020 okay and and you went straight into coaching yeah yeah i, I teaching um and coaching yeah so i did my teaching degree a long time ago um and then yeah so i decided um Perth Bayswater was the club that I was associated with um, mm-hmm. when I was at the force. Um, so they sort of asked me, the coach that was there was um, finishing up and they sort of just, would you be, would you give it a crack? And I, I do, I did want to give coaching a crack. You know, I re- I realised that, you know, not every rug- good rugby player or rugby player, um, professional rugby player just means they're going to be a good coach or is going to be a good coach. But so I just thought, well, I'll do one year with Perth Bayswater, um, which is obviously a club that, hasn't had much success um, and I love a challenge. So yeah, I did the one year last year with them um, 2021 and, and thoroughly enjoyed it. And we got a bit of success, which was good. And, and yes, I've sort of, sort of chased, I'm sort of chasing that, um, that, that occupation now. Yeah. Okay. So you're obviously enjoying it. It was something you thought about, but now you're doing it and you're enjoying it. Yeah. It was something that I definitely wanted to try. Um, If I wasn't going to be good at it, then I'd just stick to the teaching or go self-employed. Um, but um, we'll start a business or something, but I did really enjoy it last year and I'm enjoying it again this year. And it is something I'm passionate about. And I think the teaching sort of relates to it as well. Mm. Like I enjoy teaching. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of taking a lot more seriously now and, and wanting to sort of progress further. So you would like to try and make coaching a career? Yeah. Yep. Very much so. Yep. And the mining numbats as well. They had a good win on the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. No, we got managed to beat um, Tessa's team. I think <laughs> I think if Tess was there, we probably wouldn't have. But um, oh, settle yeah. down, mate. Oh, yeah, <laughs> stop pissing on my back, well, mate. Yeah, Come yeah. on, <laughs> no, we a bit skinny have, in the back. So by, we wouldn't have beat them by seven. We would have beat them by a lot more. As well as <laughs> yeah, we beat them by more. Um, who yeah, who no, else are you coaching then, as well, Johan? What's that? Sorry. Who else are you coaching with as well then? Currently, are you still doing work at Guildford? Yeah, so I'm coaching um, coaching the first fifteen here with um, Sam Beard. And I'm coaching um, Bayswater with Sam Beard as well. Sam played with me at Bayer Plenty. Um, and then he went over and played some pro rugby in Europe. So we just had a good friendship. And he coaches the backs and the attack. And I do the forwards and the defence. So it works out quite good. At Perth, do you have, like, does the way you coach, does that filter down the grades? Or does each coach have its own way of playing? Uh, well, so at, um, at Perth Bayswater, the firsts and the seconds play the same shape um, mm-hmm. and the same structure. Um, so the seconds coach, um, he has his own team and he can and he can do a few different things with, with what he's got. Um, but yeah, more or less, um, we the sorry the um, yeah the first grade and the second grade um, play the same shape and, and structure and, and that yeah that I, that Sam and I put forward. And, and what do you think you've brought to Perth Bayswater? Uh, I suppose a big thing I, I, I sort of um, implement my coaching around 
coaches that I've had that have had a massive influence on me. Um, so things like um, like the mini teams, for example. So so Basie has Bayswater has a lot of like Kiwis. They have a lot of um, they have a lot like a Maori Pacific, a lot of Maori Pacific Island boys. Um, and it sort of over the years, there's sort of like there hasn't been high expectations of 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 players coming to training. Um, you know, there hasn't been like this culture of winning. Um, and so I, I sort of came in pretty hot last year, like Tess knows I do sometimes. Um, but I, um, I, I, so I started like a mini teams. So I bought like a little shield or I got a shield made. Um, and we have four mini teams now that, um, that are made up of first grade, second grade and Colts players. Um, and they're named after, um, life members for life members. And so every second Tuesday, they will, there'll be a challenge for the trophy and there's shirts. All the boys have shirts with, um, and that's their mini team forever. Like for as long as they're at the club, they're part of that mini team. And that, and it might be a challenge. It might be an egg and spoon race every, yeah. um, every second Tuesday. It might be a quiz. It might be a three legged race. We had last, last, last week. Um, we got the, we got the gun machine um, that pumps balls out into the, uh, up oh, yeah. into the year from the forts. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and so it was a catching competition. Um, yeah, it, it can be, it's not always rugby orientated, uh, but it's just a great way to, for the boys to enjoy themselves. And there's a points, uh, like a point system. So little stuff like that. So I implemented that. Um, I implemented standards last year. So there was, everyone has to stay behind. Um, first and second grade players all have to stay behind after training, uh, sorry, after games for speeches, minimum, right. no, no excuses. Um, and you know that was that was noted on Saturday night at Netherlands as well. It was definitely noted. Yeah, and, and we've actually had heaps of feedback, um, you know, from other clubs. Like even we went down to Southern Lions the other week. We had dinner down there. Um, all all the tables were full with Bayswater boys, all in their polos, all in right. um, black shorts. So all that little little stuff. And I, I try to well, I don't try to implement. I, I do implement. Um, and and I, I I believe anyway. It's 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 got a massive contribution to the success we've had over. The last couple of years, um, so those small things, and then obviously just the knowledge that I've gained from the coaches that I've had, um, implementing a proper shape and and defence and things that I'm passionate about, and you know it's the first time we've been in Netherlands at Netherlands for 20 years, so wow. that's probably they're probably the highest achievement I've received so far as a coach. But yeah, I think those are just little things that you can do, you know, as a coach or as a committee that will have a massive difference, you know. Um, that, but that's again just my opinion. And did it take the players long to, to buy into that? Yeah, yeah, I'm not. It didn't happen overnight, but I I had like someone like Jake Buist, who's been at the club for a long yeah. time at, at yep. Bayswater, you know, a club legend. He, you know, he was the captain last year, and, and he did a great job at, at you know supporting me with the decisions that I made. And you know, it, it wasn't easy at the start, but I think once you know, like success creates success, and and um, you know, once we started winning. You know, it was the first time in years, like other coaches and committee members were saying, you know, boys, boys are, um, you know, are, are going from ones down to twos, you know, and over the getting dropped from the premier grade down to the second grade. And in the past, it's been they're trying to pull guys up and guys don't yeah. want to play prem grade, you know, because they're getting smashed every week. So a little change, like, you know, we'd have 50 guys at training on a Tuesday, wow. um, you know, for first and seconds. So, but it did take a lot of work, but you just got to, stick at it you know tucking your shirts in like we wore number ones after games yeah i would i'd walk around tuck your shirt and tuck your shirt and i was like a headmaster <laughs> i was like their mother 
but um, but yeah, no, it did, it did, and now the boys, you know, they're buying into it because they can see that it's it's working. Um, and then we're on a Tuesday, every Tuesday we do a review and a preview, like a re- review of the game that we had on the weekend, and do a preview of the game we're doing this week. So, yeah, no, it's great, and obviously, yeah, that win on the the weekend would make all the players kind of think, yeah, this is what we're doing is is the right thing to do. Yeah, yeah, well, I think so, eh? You know, I hope so, anyway. And just interesting thing, those things that you were talking about, um, we had Michael Penhalligan from the All Abilities uh, Rugby on last week, and I believe Perth Bayswater had did something to do with them during the week. Is that right? Yeah, on on Thursday, uh, last Thursday, um, they the All Abilities um, boys came down and trained um, from five thirty to six thirty um, at Perth Bayswater, and I actually got a few of the Prem Bay Prem boys to um, go and have a run around with them. And then they got a photo at the end. Um, yeah, it was awesome, actually. It was so, yeah, it was so good to see that. Southern Lions are doing a great job with that. Um, and p- why they're doing it is because Perth Bayswater are trying to um, get an all-abilities team together as well. And the, did, yeah. the players, did the players get a lot out of that, the Perth players? Yeah, they loved it. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. No, it was awesome. And they they ended up playing a game of rugby amongst each other and they split the teams evenly. And, oh, great. Um, well, it was sort of yeah, sort of a game of rugby. Who was, um, who, was awesome. pick, who was picked last? Yeah, uh, that would have been Dante. <laughs> get, you, get your hookers hooker. first, man. Yeah. Hooker. The hooker, you know, the hookers aren't very looked at. Yeah, they're not really needed. No, never. Oh, not. <laughs> yeah. Hey, drugs as well. Have um, what about so going between like kind of coaching men to coaching boys as well? Do you find that you need to adjust your coaching styles at all between the two, or no? Yes, what what Guilford Grammar and um, Perth Bayswater have in common is they haven't had a lot of success. Mm. Um, so, I, like you, you know me well, Tess, I'm massive on work ethic. So I, I mm. look for guys that want to work, that are prepared to work hard. I'm not, I'm not about you know wanting to have the most talented player. Um, and I'll, I and I love guys like Jake Buis who just you know no frills, just work hard. Um, and and I, so that's what I sort of got from which I did, which what I've done with Perth Bayswater um, and, and trying to do with Guildford, you know, like it, I, I'm not too worried about the results um, because we don't have a massive amount of numbers um, in the, in the squad here at Guildford, but um, I'm just wanting guys to work hard for each other, um, which I'm not going to lie to you, has been a bit of a struggle um, and quite challenging with Guildford. Um, but yeah, the thing that they have in common and had in common last year was that they're, they're, they're always the underdogs, you know, we're generally the underdogs and, what I loved about Perth Bayswater last year was that we were very much the underdogs, but you know, we didn't think we were the underdogs. Um, and you know, we, we, and the, what I loved was boys worked hard for us, uh, for, sorry, for each other. And that's why we got some really good results last year. And it's sort of occurring again this year. Um, mm. But yeah, you got to speak to them a bit differently, I suppose. Yeah. They're younger, aren't they? And a little bit more sensitive, the, the, these younger boys. So Yeah. And as, as a coach, I mean, one thing we've talked about in Australian rugby is that third tier, and we saw it uh, when the uh, well, NRC or ARC, whatever it was called, the coaches were given that opportunity to coach at that level below Super Rugby and between club rugby. As a coach, is that something you would like to see come in so you have got a bit of a pathway as a coach? Yeah, I think so, very much so. I think otherwise, you know, guys like myself that are striving to get further – um, the opportunities just aren't there and, and then mm. we have to go elsewhere. You know, you, you look, you're constantly 
looking abroad, you know, like we just don't have the, in Australia, we don't have the team that, you know, enough teams to, to at the moment, anyway, we've, we've got five, you know, five professional teams, which, you know, there's a lot of guys wanting jobs and, yeah. um, you know, so there's just not going to be opportunities, which means, you know, like anything that these good coaches, um, um, that are around, will we'll have to hit abroad if, 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 you know, they don't get this NRC going or something similar to it, I think. Yeah. Hmm. And then just looking at the Western Force, um, they obviously they caught the Highlanders in a fairly destructive mood. Is that is that tough tough to watch when you see your old team on the, on the end of a hiding like that? Yeah, it is. Look, yeah, you know, I've still got some very good friends in there, um, and and obviously, like I said, in, um, in that. West Australian that day, Western Force, uh, close to my heart and will be for the rest of my days. But, you know, like the, the Force have been in this situation before, um, you, you know, with, with not, not being very successful in Super Rugby. But, you know, I think it, it, it does hurt because, you know, it, it's like anything when you when you play for a jersey. You know, and I think what hurts the most is obviously there's a lot of keyboard warriors and that, um, mm. which you know about when you're playing, you know, that's part of your job. But, you know, there's no... I don't think there's any lack of effort. Um, you know, look, you watch the boys play and, and you know, guys like Ferg and stuff, they, they give it everything week in, week out. And they, you know, they're just, they're, what I believe is they're just getting beaten by, by you know, more better players, um, unfortunately. You know, the, you, you look at some of these sides that they're coming up against and, the, and their bench is so, you know, very strong. Um, you know, they're, they're, yeah, at the end of the day, it's not it's not through, through, through the force trying hard. It's probably just, yeah, matching up. So that was going to be my question. Like looking at it, being able to step outside now, not as a player, almost as a coach. I was going to ask you, what do you think is holding the Western Force back? But do you, you think it is personnel? I think we just yeah, don't have the cattle. Yeah, I just yeah, personally, oh, look, I'm I'm very blunt and and straight up and honest. I think what probably is the most disappointing thing. This might get me into a little bit of trouble, but is we're not giving the young guys opportunities. Um, you know, you look at. You look at guys like Anton Leonard Brown, who I played with back at the Chiefs, and he was a kid. He was 20 um, when he first played for the Chiefs, and he was very much fresh, you know. But that was the best, like best thing for him. And look where he is now. Look how he's developed as a player. Mm. Um, you know, if we look at the age of the Western Force backline um, that's running out week in week out, a lot of them are over the age of 28. Um, and you know, what sort of message are we giving for guys like Grayson Makara, who's playing outstanding footy um, for club rugby um, and you know he, he just hasn't been given an opportunity um, mm. you know in that midfield and I'm sorry but you know if we want to if we want the force to be uh, you know something of you know a threat to, to the rest of the super rugby teams then we need to bleed these young guys and you know give them game time because otherwise like you said they can't go and play NRC they've got to go and play club rugby which is a massive drop from you know playing super rugby so I think we need to give these guys opportunities that are younger. Um, you know, otherwise, you know, otherwise they'll go somewhere else, which we don't want them to do, or they're just going to not get opportunities, and we're going to replace them for for guys with experience. You know, mm. um, which yeah, that's my personal opinion. Um, yeah, I think Mitch, is that that's one that you agree with? Absolutely, mate. I was just um, going back over some team sheets here, like poor old Grayson, right? He hasn't he hasn't played like he might have played one or two club games. Yeah. yeah. Played a game at fullback for one route, so out of position. And he's got next to zero super rugby time. So what do you do? Like 
the, the poor kid's probably on the road at the moment in New Zealand as coverage, so he's probably not playing at all. Uh, so he probably has, he's going to get one game of rugby this month, maybe in the last mm. month. So how do you, like they all say, oh, you know, there for development and experience and that sort of stuff. And But you only get so much exposure on the training paddock. And yeah, it's great to be rubbing shoulders with the lots of Richard Kahui and these guys, which you can obviously learn a lot of, but a lot off. But um, ultimately, you, you learn your best when you're playing. So if, if you're not playing Super Rugby, at least be playing club footy. I mean, Wanneroo would be gagging to have Grayson back playing for him. They could have certainly done, done with him on the weekend. Um, yet the kid's not playing rugby at all. Just part of a squad. Mm. Yeah, I think, I, I think isn't there the fact that I'm going to just completely fabricate the number here? But by the time a, a player reaches the All Blacks level compared to Wallaby's level, they've played four times as many rugby games. It's, it's something ridiculous like that. But from going through school, going through playing ITM Cup and everything, and Super Rugby and all the games that they play in between, by the time they're reaching that peak level, they've played like a ridiculous yeah. amount more. Just be, And through that exposure, they're competing, they're building resilience, they're building their game, they're building confidence in what they do. It's like we all know, it's so much more important to be out there playing games and it is, you know, to be to be traveling and seeing the world as much as a um, as much as a Grayson Makara as well right now. He might at this age, yeah, it's the best thing ever to get on that plane and get in the business class and get over. But I know that the best we know the best thing for his rugby is just to be out there in, in the trenches and, and playing, isn't it? Yeah, well, I think if you look at someone like Quintu Paier, 22, 23, a max probably. And look at the footy that that guy's played, you know, and since leaving school. And you can't tell me that he hasn't had competition, you know, or guys of more experience or older guys, you know, but he's been given opportunities, um, you know, an ITM Cup in the, for, for the Chiefs. And he's playing for the All Blacks at, you know, and he wouldn't be playing for the All Blacks had he not been given the opportunities mm. at the Chiefs or, you know, and it's just, uh, it's, it's frustrating because, that's probably what hurts me the most. I know you're saying, you know, like it's frustrating because you bring Michael McDonald on with nine minutes to go on the wing. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. and it's, it's, it's just like how the game's lost. The game was lost just after halftime or, you know, you could arguably could say probably even before halftime at 2018, but we're not giving these, you know, and but we're bringing, and I sound like a cut, couch critic do you know what I mean because it's not easy being a coach <laughs> it's not easy being a coach but you know it's like the game's lost so what is the you know what is the detriment to not putting him on you know with 30 to go instead of mm. nine minutes and putting him on the wing you know I, I, I don't know yeah. it's just really frustrating um yeah you're saying you're, you're basically saying what we're all saying these <laughs> games on TV, and we're all, we're all thinking the same. So I think we can't do anything about it. Like we know decisions for them in the heat. You know when you're managing a list and all that sort of stuff. But it it'd just be nice to to see that. Like I agree with you, Johan. Like you're going, the game's gone. Like walk walk away now with an upside to say that you've got something yeah. good to say about the game. In the last 30 minutes, we did this, we did this, and we improved on this. And it was, wasn't it great to see this young kid spend the last 30 minutes of the game? I was really impressed with his back end of the game. Have something positive to say out of the end of it yeah. rather than, yeah. oh, we just got flogged and yeah. oh, we'll go back to the drawing board and, yeah, move on. Poor old Mickey McDonald, he's going to miss a week now because he's got concussed. <laughs> it's a bit different. Ta- hey, it's a bit different tackling on the wing, guys. Did you notice that? <laughs> yeah. I never saw yeah. you make a tackle on the wing. You don't <laughs> use your head like it. 
it's always hands first, not head first. When it's, <laughs> yeah. Right? You lead with your hands, not your head. Yeah. The head gets yeah. damaged. <laughs> the money maker. But I yeah. think too, like where they, you know, they've put someone like Ollie Callan, like, you know, like they've given him opportunities and he's just yeah. thriving with it, you yeah. know, and, you know, why aren't we giving more guys like Ollie Callan, you know, the opportunities that he's getting? Um, yeah. It's not, it's not about like just dumping a whole heap of young guys into no. that squad. No. Like it's something that needs to, I think, I think I've, we've touched on it on the podcast before with like when the Reds won the Super Rugby comp, like you and McKenzie didn't have the same 23 weekend, like at all through the whole season. He just kept drip feeding guys in every week. There'd be one little change in the pack, one little change here on the bench just to keep giving guys more and more exposure. So that by the time they got to the end of the season, when they were winning Super Rugby final, like they had guys who were playing out of position, but and young guys playing out of position, but they were fine on that level because they'd been touched to it. They'd, they'd had a, had that exposure throughout the year, like constantly. So they're always drip fed in, drip fed out. And then they were back playing their club rugby. And, you know, where it is now, like the, the force is just in that little bit of a, a tough spot because they're doing it tough. So they're trying to stick with their better players. But if the better players aren't performing, there needs to be that exposure for the next level of guys down so that they can improve then as well. And there needs to be a reward. Like you, Yogi, you're dropping guys back to, you know, reserve grade when they spoke about never having done that before. There needs to be consequences for for Mm. results and whatever way that is. I've got no doubt that some of these guys that are on the fringe are training the house down and they probably did through all preseason and they have been doing it all year. So why don't we give them a chance? Yeah, Yeah, it's bizarre. And then, um, you know, just looking forward to this week, just um, the Chiefs, your old team, I I believe They have announced their team. They've got eight or nine affected by COVID, so they haven't actually announced their team as far as I could tell. Can can the force lift, or are they are they just wanting the season to be over? What what what's their body language telling you? Um, well, I haven't actually spoken to any of the boys this week. Um, I spoke to Ferg. He's a good mate of mine, and I spoke to him at the end of after the Highlanders game, and he was pretty um, down and out. But um, I think they can lift. Aren't they like a there is a calculated chance that they can still make playoffs? Uh, I'll give my I'd, calculator just a minute. We'll just refer to our, our... Um, <laughs> I, I, I think they can I think they can lift. I mean look, you only need to look at the Rebels. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know the Rebels took a hiding from the blues and then and then you know nearly put the Chiefs I actually felt sorry for the Rebels. I watched that game and I felt sorry for them. I but, know. Yeah, um, which, was, which is unheard of, but I wanted the Chiefs to win, but I definitely felt sorry for them at the end. But um, yeah, so I think you know, like they'll take a lot of confidence from that. You know that 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 the force, um, you know, sorry, the um, Rebels went close. Uh, it's obviously a, a different can of worms playing in New Zealand and, and playing at, at, at FMG Stadium there. But I, I, I think no reason, you know, a team that has nothing to lose has everything to gain. So um, you know, I, I think they'll they'll definitely take confidence that. That they that they can get they can get a win, um, and as long as they don't sort of um, look too much on what happened against the Highlanders, which I'm sure mm. they won't, um, you know, and they put out a strong team. There's no reason why they can't they can't upset the Chiefs. Not that I want that to happen because I'm still passionate about the Chiefs. But, um, <laughs> I, like yeah, 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 I want it to be a close game. Yeah. I want it to be a good game. But yeah, yeah no. there's no reason why they they, they can't um, they they can't um, they can't get up. 
So, Johan, you're that optimistic. So, what you're saying is Calamunda's got a chance to beat you blokes this weekend. Is that what you're saying? Uh, no chance. <laughs> <laughs> no, they definitely have a chance. Hey, anyone's got a chance if they're on the field. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There you go. yeah, so just quickly on the club rugby stuff, I know we've just sort of bounced between super rugby and club rugby, Mickey. So who's, half, you know, we're a third of the way through the comp. Who's your front runners? Uh, oh, you wouldn't, you'd, you'd say Pally, Pally, even though Cotter's low, a little bit low on the table at the moment, they always seem to be there at the end. Um, so, you know, it's the, it's the golden triangle. Um, yeah, and, and yeah, your West Scarborough will be strong. Um, you know, Wanneroo's been impressive. I know they lost on the weekend, but they've been impressive. Um, they get a couple of those force boys back, like Grayson and stuff. Uh, I think a few things could change when the force boys get back and start playing club rugby. But you've got to, you know, Pally are very strong, um, although they lost on the weekend. So, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's hard to know. It's hard to know. And where, what, what's your aspirations for Basie? Make the four? Yeah,ちゃんとね、ちゃんとね、ちゃんとね、ちゃんとね、ちゃんとね、ちゃんとね、ちゃんとね、ちゃんとね、ちゃんとね、ちゃんとね、ちゃんとね、ちゃんとね
couple of weeks off, then back in and then off again. And it's just, I think it's a, he's Wallaby squad chances, but he, he can't underestimate how valuable he is on the paddock. Yeah, he was good. So I'll have a look at Super Rugby from last week. Uh, as to mention, the Highlanders 61-10 against the Force. Crusaders 37-26 over the Brums. The Drua 34-19 over Moana Pacifica. In the Battle of the Primary Colours, the Blues putting 50 on the Reds, 53-26. to Hurricanes sneaking home against the Waratahs, 22-18. And the Chiefs doing the same against the Rebels, 33 points to 10. So a couple of games there. Like So the Australian teams won nothing, but it could have been a lot different had we only played for 75 yeah, minutes instead of 80. Yeah. And the, the, yeah, the Rebels should have won that game. Jesus. And you look at it and he emptied, the coach of the Rebels emptied the talking about giving young blokes a go. Hmm. That's not the time to do it. <laughs> when you got your noses in front and you're under the yeah. pump and oh, geez, a couple of guys on the bench there that missed those last tackles in that Rebels game. And you go, oh, no, that's oh, dreadful. Yeah. And yeah. you just see him going over. And then um, I think, the wet conditions actually helped the Hurricanes in the end against the Tars. The Tars just couldn't quite put the killer blow in mm. and the, the Hurricanes were able to hang on. The, um, the Blues were just ruthless against the Reds. I, I you know, I just did, don't see a way out for them. It was a good game on Friday night. The Saders Brumbies won. I think the, the Brumbies kind of kept with them. Yeah. But they just were always just that, you know, one just, try away, yeah. one penalty goal away from really being able to put pressure on the scoreboard. Yeah, make a difference if they'd got be able to get their noses in front at some point. But the Crusaders just always just be able to nudge themselves ahead the whole time that game. The Brumbies just couldn't quite catch their tail. So it looked like it looked like every time the Brumbies scored, the Crusaders would go, "Ah, oh, okay, we better score again," and they they just score yeah. again. Just to create, just they just kept yeah. that buffer. So I think the score yeah. flattered the, the Brumbies. Just yeah, I'm, I was going to say I agree with that as well. Like. I, the the Crusaders as as close as it ended up being like it was a tight contest but the Crusaders still just looked in control that complete control they were never in trouble time. they just yeah. had that buffer they just yeah. kept the buffer yeah <laughs> and the, the Waratahs they're up fifteen nil at half time you'd have to think Darren Coleman would be filthy that they lost that one yeah and that and that could be because that could be the one that costs them that that fourth spot like mm. a home getting the opportunity to have a home final which would have been Mm. Huge for them after you know mm. coming off the season they had last yeah. year, and then they get to play at home at Leichhardt, which they're that, dubbing their new home as well. Because they had eleven thousand people there, which was uh, which was fantastic. Yeah, so you hope you hope they'll they'll hang around because uh, yeah, if they had have won, you, you could have probably picked gone that to fifteen. But you hope with those New South Wales fans, as fickle as they are, they might drop down to six or seven <laughs> the next time they they turn up. But um, but and also on on both the in, or the two that I saw, Paddy Ryan red card, Richard Kahui red card, and then both let off. Yeah, because of the because of the head clash element. Yeah. So so the the and this is this is this inconsistency again, Nick. Like it's a it was a friggin' like both of those were just accidental. Mm. Like okay, careless and reckless, but accidental. Mm. So yeah. So. These referees, this is this is where there's such a good argument for the on-report stuff. Put, yep. Give the guy yellow and say, you know what, that's borderline red. I'll put you on report and the signing commission can work out whether or not you got yeah. to go to the judiciary. But to send them off and then get off is, in my mind, a waste of time. And we're seeing that now. That's what the third or fourth now mm-hmm. where we've seen accidental head clashes. Like sh- shoulder on head, I think, is a different scenario, but head clashes, different, different cattle. Yeah. And because I mean the, the Paddy Ryan one, like I, I actually had to 
look at it a couple of times to work out what what were they what what they were looking at, and then it turned out that he um, was almost his bicep. I think that that he, it was so innocuous, and obviously, look, he's he's been let off. So, uh, oh yeah, the inconsistency is the tough thing. But I think yeah, it's like if that if it's a red if it's a tight game and you get a red card for something that you're going to get off on, that it's kind of that'll create all sorts of dramas. Oh, yeah. Anyway, then we move to the Fortescue Premier Grade uh, from last week. Mitch, have you got the the scores handy? We talked about, or Johan mentioned the UWA game, which was um, which was a close one. Yeah, it was good. Um, other than sort of the Zulu dawn interruption on and the, the horses, the sound of the horses <laughs> and the horses <laughs> the fire alarm going off the whole first half. <laughs> No, it was uh, it was a good game that one UWA sneaking home 27-23 against the Rudogs. Um, the Rudogs really never got out of their half in that that second half. So even though Campbell Parada with his big boot, yeah, great game in the game, great game. Ethan Riley was terrific for the Rudogs. Uh, Roy O'Sullivan, Victor Harris, um, and Kieran Westlake um, were really good. I saw Victor and Kieran made team of the week this week. Um, That's good. The other results were that we talked about the Basie Nitties game. Do you want to talk about uh, that anymore, Tess? No, we can leave it. Leave it. <laughs> wheels are off. The wheels are off the top. Oh. <laughs> um, Southern Lions had a win against Calamunda. That's good for the Southern Lions. Yeah, boys. great result for them. I'll be really pleased about that. 36-24. Uh, Junalup, 27-12 over Rockingham, which was... Uh, the big highlight of that one was, of course, the thing doing YouTube at the moment. The big hit, yeah. Boomfire, the massive had, hit on that fourth June Lucky. <laughs> I had people sending me that, just that were the random, yeah. random people just sending me that clip. So Dwayne Nest yeah. has gone viral for commentating on that one. <laughs> and I, I spoke to Andrew Swain from 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 Stan Sport, and he said, if that kid continues to play rugby for the rest of his life, he will never be hit as hard. Ever, ever. That, that's as hard as he will ever be hit in his entire career. It was a cracking hit. He could be in a car crash and he could be, <laughs> he won't be hit as hard. Yeah. Let's hope he's okay. Yes. <laughs> he could still, still down, he's still down on the 40 meter line nice. down the rocking no, That's true. That was a tough hit. Um, yeah, West 43, three over arcs. Soaks getting a big upset win over Pally 37-24. So the yeah, young Soaks a, team, two yeah, back-to-back wins. Massive wins for them. So the latter, uh, Nettie's still Nettie's in UWA now equal top, 25 points each. West a point behind. Then Basie, um, Wanneroo, Pally at six spot at the moment. So they're in a little bit of trouble, but they've had the bye. Uh, Cot, Southern Lions, Soaks, and then Kala, Junalup, Rocky, and Arks rounded out. So mm. uh, games this week. Well, we talked about the Basie Kala one to one. That's always a good game. They put probably get the hungy going and yep. get the two the two cold and the spates cold in the fridge and yep yeah it'll be great it'll be good atmosphere down there spates at just down for sure Saturday afternoon uh, June luck cot I reckon June luck might struggle there to to hold out cot uh, the, the match of the day and right so UWA playing Palmyra that should be a cracking that game should be going down to the library yeah rumor has it Rory O'Sullivan's got a dodgy hammy. So he may not make the starting lineup, but we'll see what happens. You heard it here first. Arks, Wanneroo. Wanneroo will probably flog Arks, I'd say. Uh, Soaks over Rocky at Soaks. I'd say Soaks won't have much of a problem getting up over Rocky. And then uh, Southern Lions versus West. Smokey. Net. 
Netties have got a bye. They've had a big, big week last week against Basie, so they've got the week off. <laughs> Just to oh, have a good, you have a break, have a, you blokes. Down have a good think about themselves. That's what they need to do that's in that it. week yeah. off. Yeah, and <laughs> and the uh, yeah. So the stand support match of the match of the round is UWA against Pally from the library, and all those games kicking off at three o'clock. And then in Super Rugby this week, Crusaders up against the Drua, the Reds against Moana Pacifica, the Chiefs versus the Force on Saturday at 12.35. So you can go straight from that game straight into the Stan Sport Club game. Hurricanes up against the Rebels, uh, or the Brumbies up against the Blues, and then the Highlanders up against the Waratahs. So we always like to ponder what Australian teams might get up each week. What do we got this week? I think the Reds will have a win this week. I reckon. Who? Yes, the, the Reds. Reds against Moana. We've got to lock. Yeah, we've got to. Yeah, we've got to lock them in. Sure, yeah. lock them in. Yeah. Bit of silence following that. There's no <laughs> way. The, the Tars as well. Tars on Sunday will get over the Highlanders. Highlanders. Oh, they're they're in good form. Yeah. No, they're in good form. So are the uh, so are the Tars as well. Oh, they'll be hurting after last at week. At home, that'll that'll be probably the pick of the weekend. I reckon that'll be a good game because mm. it's at. Side bar stadium indoors, yeah. Yep. Conditions it won't be raining, it'll be a bit chilly. The zoo will be in full song. The zoo was on fire last week. Mm. Um, yeah, I reckon that'll be the kick of the games. But I reckon the Brumbies are going to upset the Blues this week. I'm picking it now at GIO okay. Stadium, Canberra. Blues do not travel well. Their last okay. away was a debacle against the Force, they nearly lost. Yep, that's true. That's true. So we could get the three. Hurricanes are going to flog the Rebels. Yep. And, yeah, I can't think the Chiefs could give the force. Yeah, that, that could be a bit ugly. But I reckon Reds, Brumbies, and potentially Tars. Tars to win. And just looking at the force uh, starting lineup, a couple of changes this week which we'll discuss. So Robertson, Kaituu back starting, and Medrano in the front row. That's been pretty consistent. Ryan McCauley and Isaac Rodder in the second row. Then the back row, Fergus Lee Warner, Tim Anstey, and Jackson Pugh. Ian Pryor at nine, Jake McIntyre at 10. So Rashan Pasatowamich in the number 12 jersey, which you've been calling for for Screaming quite some for time. It. Kyle Goblin at 13, uh, Ralston and Pulo on the wings, and Jake Strawn at fullback. And then on the bench, Andrew Reddy, Agnes Wagner, Boabra, Jeremy Thrush, Will Sankey, he's the, the mystery man, Michael McDonald, Richard Kahui, and Brad Lacey. But Pasatowa at 12, Mitch. Yeah, good. Good. Give him a go there. See how he can go. Get him to truck up a couple of balls. To let him use his feet. Uh, he's going to have a bit of tackling to do. That's all right. It's just it'll just it'll just allow him just to just play. Just play as a twelve. Yep. Be a second ball player. You don't have to worry about the general play kicking. You know, just just combine and play well. And I don't mind that backline. It's a, it's it's a different looking backline, but you've got to give it a go. And I, is, I, but, so is where's but, Bailey Kunzel? Where's that was going to be my question. Is he injured? Test? What do you know? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's my only guess because him, uh, him and Ollie were both some of our better players last week. So I'm guessing that because I don't I don't think it's a, a rest of rotation. I'm just hoping because Bailey's had a few head knock issues as well. So hopefully it's it's nothing to do with that. But um, yeah. hopefully it's just all precautionary and he'll be back. Well, he'll be back. He he might be following up. He, whether or not this is coming into play, and I'm just spitballing now as we make as we're talking, but um, it could be some management as well for the Moana Pacifica game that's coming up on the Tuesday. Oh, of course, they're going to play Tuesday. Back up, yeah. It's a, it's a tough turnaround. Uh, so, yeah. whether Chiefs, or not that's coming into play. Yeah, 
So it'll be interesting to see what the Chiefs lineup is with those. They reckon all the ones that didn't have it at the start of the season have now all got it. So eight or nine of those players will be out, but the coaches said they'll definitely have a team to put on the paddock. So we'll wait and see how the force end up going. So that's 12.35 on Saturday. And then we move into the mailbag. And it was announced today, the Oceana Under-20s is going to be held on the Sunshine Coast, 1st and 10th of July. So that's the Junior Wallabies, New Zealand, Fiji will be joined for the first time by Argentina. It's all in the under-20s. Uh, they're saying that they're, they're called the Junior Wallabies the tournament favourites. Is that a bit pres- presumptive? Have we named any squads yet at all? I, no, I don't know. They've, they've gone out. They've just <laughs> yeah, said the tournament. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I know, yeah, and then New Zealand have announced some of their squads, haven't they? So Yeah, we've been whittling down our under-20 squad over the last few months. Yeah, okay. There's been a couple of camps. There's That's been true. Yeah. a couple yeah, of years. Yeah. Oh, how whittled is it? Isn't it still? Oh, still it's a solid tree. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be a fairly broad barrel of monkeys there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so New Zealand's not playing. Is that why we're favourites? No, they're there. That's no, what they're there. A bit <laughs> surprised. It's it's the Wallabies, New Zealand, <laughs> Fiji, and Argentina. <laughs> Anyway, we'll wait to see, but good luck. <laughs> that was a joke, man. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I just, I, I'm, I'm a bit slow. Uh, then World Rugby has announced there's going to be a global trial aimed at limiting non-playing personnel from entering the field to, to try and improve the flow of matches. That starts July 1. Then the, the decision was reached after extensive <laughs> research was done on player hydration needs. So Bobby Boucher will be rolling in his grave, and they're talking about how much time is lost by non-playing personnel during the game. So medics can only offer water to the player they're treating. Water carriers can only enter the field twice per half as agreed times with at agreed times with match officials and during stoppages. Is, is it that much of a problem that World Rugby need to be sitting oh, down please. making these decisions? Uh, how much time do you reckon they wasted on analysing how much time people take oh, to yeah. make a quick <laughs> oh, and a rugby game? I know. All the other good things they could do to improve the game, that's what the spec is. I know. This is the RFU. This is the Russi law, okay? After Russi was out there coaching his team, coaching the Bocker like the under against six the Lions. Coach, yep. Against the Lions. And they've been trying to figure out since how then to stop him. how they can stop Russi. Because they've said yeah, that. that the is, that's co- what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's the Russi thing. Stopping yeah. him. So they said that. The head coach and director of rugby positions, they're not allowed out. So he's just come out today and said he's going to just change yeah. his title. He's now the director of coaching. Direct, yeah, <laughs> so, he, so he can still go out and do it. So it's I, it's ridiculous. I think they're just, it's obviously, they've oh got, I've been there bottled about something, but it, it hasn't seemed to be too much of a, um, a problem for me. But anyway. I'm, 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 all, I'm all for, I but I think the other thing is, is that it's more stop, we're seeing more stoppages for, for checking, you know, potential TMO. high shots and yeah. TMO and foul play and things yeah. like that, like yeah. and bringing the how, bunker, we need a you, bunker. Yeah, how do you how do you decide when during the half that okay, I'm going to have a uh, I'm going to have a water break <laughs> in the seventeenth minute. I'm going to yeah. have. Like, I know. Oh, well, maybe doesn't... maybe each team just gets one card, like a challenge card in the NFL, and they can play it when they fit, when they see fit. They're allowed to just hydrate the their time guys out. once. Time yeah. out. <laughs> just throw the red flag onto the field, like as a challenge. Oh, stop I the want play. My drink. Crazy. Then there was an article floating around during the week that Rugby Australia is set to reignite the code war with Rugby League, declaring it will try and poach some of the NRL's best young talent leading into the home 2027 Rugby World Cup. Is that a good idea or a bad idea? 
you can have this Mitch. <laughs> so go again, Mick. What's what's happening? Mitch looks so, just say, Mitch looks like he's in pain. So they're they're <laughs> saying they're going to reignite the code war by poaching some of the rugby league's best young talent leading into the World Cup in oh, 2027 Lord. here oh. at home. Oh God! Why do we do this? Why? I don't Why? know. What? Oh, I don't then know. they'll launch. They'll launch. They'll they'll relaunch the um. What was the re, the young player retaining fund again or something? Yeah, well, that's they, what they'll, we launched yeah. that silly fund under Scott Johnson with us. Oh, we're going to have a pool of money to retain our best young talent, and we'll go out and hoover up all these kids and pay them lots of money so they don't go play rugby league. And you're going, yeah. nah. Don't do that. Don't I know. do that. It, it seems, I, can't, I, I can't believe they've even come out Have, and said it. Yeah, why is that in the, why is that yeah. in the media? Just come if they on. see mate, someone, just mate, keep it on the yeah, quiet. Just don't say that stuff. Why even say that stuff? Like you just go, you guys got rocked. It's because, you know why I say that? It's because they're losing some of their their um, uh, breeding grounds, you know, the private school breeding grounds yeah, yeah. to rugby. To so, They've, yeah. lost, they've lost a little bit of ground recently to rugby league in some of those private schools yep. where the, the league's got in. Like I, I thought I read the Dolphins. You said on the mailbag, was it last week? Yeah, the Dolphins. Dolphins. Uh, so the Southport, the Southport School have yeah, got a thing Southport. with the Titans under 19, put a rugby league That's team it. in. Yep. And so uh, this is their, Nudgy as well. Nudgy, Nudgy's gone to the yeah. Dolphins. Yeah. So this is their tick for tack. Oh, yeah, okay. The league's come out and said, well, we've got these relationships in place and now it's rugby's turn to come out and say, Oh yeah, but we're going to pinch yeah, we're your best. take your best players. So, <laughs> yeah, so this is it's just a tit for tat, and you know the best. To be to be honest, with all due respect to the WRB community, the best news I read all week. Oh, are you going to say in your mailbag, Nick? Have you got something in there that might be no black and red, black and red? And no, 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 the Bears, no. Or Sydney Bears. Oh, I did see that about the Bears. Oh, the Bears. Oh. yeah, I saw that. There I now. Now, I love WA rugby and all that sort of stuff, but how good would it be if we had the North Sydney Bears? <laughs> playing every second um, week here. Yeah. That'd be, um, be, talking that'd about be. poaching poaching talent. Yeah, let's oh. poach the Bears. How good. But, then Ed, Eddie Jones has named a 36-man squad for a, a training camp in preparation for the Australian tour. One player he's named, Lewis or Louis Liner, son of Wallaby's great oh, Michael yeah, Liner. Yeah. Now, would, would Noddy be more upset that his son might play for England or that he's a winger? <laughs> he, he goes, well, he's been playing at Harlequins, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he's yeah. done all right. Yeah, and he's uh, killing Noddy it, whereas the other, the other son went back to Queensland and is in yep. the system over there. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's no, good for him. He, 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 committed, he committed to English rugby, that young fella, and that, yeah. was, that was what he was going to be, and that was destined for him to, at some point, Eddie was going to lock him in, Eddie. Going to grab him, yeah. So, good luck to the young fella. And then uh, just finally, this is not a mailbag, but just a comment. So it's a bouquet to the AFL. They've recently commissioned a study into the treatment of women umpires and the results weren't good. So it'd be interesting to compare the experience of women's referees in rugby. I'm not sure if that's something Rugby Australia would look at doing, but it was just a very interesting study that they did. But would you believe the AFL's research it didn't extend to talking to female umpires in WA because they only had a limited budget. Now, that's the richest code in the country. And again, so it's obviously rugby is not the only code that just seems to treat their women with, um, I don't know what the word is, but not probably not as well as they, with contempt. That's the word. Thank you. And then while I'm at it, a bouquet to rugby for clamping down on contact with the head, because I saw some highlights over the weekend of the AFL where guys are being absolutely cleaned up with shoulders to the head and the offenders getting one week. 
So it's certainly not a good look for their game. And I'll be surprised if that um, if that continues because rugby's got that automatic six weeks, which is oftenly, often negotiated down to three because of mitigating factors. But the AFL is still dishing out one. And guys are just getting... Uh, uh, every week, they're getting probably reckon two or three guys just getting cleaned up. So yeah, well. the head needs to be protected in all codes. Mm. And then finally, for the hero of the week... Thanks but, to, sorry, yes, Keith. Can we one step back as well with the English squad... And a 22-year-old hooker named in there as well, Nick Dolly. He is dinkling oh. as they come. Eastwood boy moved up moved up to the Northern Hemisphere when he was 17 or 18. 17 or 18, yeah, if he's only yeah. 22. Done his three years. And uh, Wow. Another one, another one without saying through the cracks. Another snuck away. Snuck away. Because I wonder if he didn't – where was he from? What club? What? Eastwood was who he's playing for. So the Waratah, so Waratah's guy that – just yeah. Waratahs or yeah, Waratahs or someone in around there's yeah, let him go because yeah, it's he's been doing a great job for Leicester this year. Wow, and that's what we talked about with um, was it Albie Matthewson? We were talking about just the patience of young players that they, whereas the Kiwis they're patient and they'll wait their chance. Whereas and he's an Australian kid that what went at seventeen or eighteen because he wasn't getting a go. He's called it early, yeah, and uh, gone across. Oh, it'll be yeah, interesting. I mean, yeah, but. That happens all the time in Japan as well. Like people get bunk early in Japan and hopefully yeah. get eligibility. And- Do their three years. Yeah. 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 So good on him. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yep. And then, so yeah, finally for our Hero of the Week, thanks to Heroes of Villains Brewery at Osborne Park, we had three Mitch for you this week. So Matt Deves has said he's, he's nominated Fletcher Newell for dismantling the Brumbies front row on the weekend. Dennis Friend said he's nominated Perth Bayswater for knocking over the villains, as he's called them, on the foreshore. Come on, who's you've got, you've, Mitch Hardy? You've clearly got no. you made an alias. You made, no. you made a fake Facebook account. <laughs> and then Alistair Box has nominated Artie Sevilla for breaking Waratah fans' hearts by scoring that try in the 75th minute. And then the moron of the week goes to the New South Wales fan who racially abused the Hurricanes to Plessy Cariffi after their win on the weekend. But out of the three heroes, Mitch, Fletcher Newell, Perth Bayswater, or Artie Sevilla? See, we can't nominate. I'm a bit, I'm a bit anti-nominating a whole team. A team, yeah. That surprised me. I thought you were going to try and figure I out how you so. could give it to them. I heard someone. <laughs> I, thought, that one I can't believe no one's nominated that Rocky Kitty for ironing out that gymnastics oh, kitty. Like, I know. How I does that not get nominated? Have... How does yeah. that nom- kid not get nominated for Hero of the Week? That was the best kid I've seen ever. It was incredible. <laughs> does anyone know who he was? Well, we, who he is? Well, we tried to yeah. find the name. We knew the name. We know the name of the junior luck player, but I couldn't. I know the name of the. Um, just let me. Do he's, my research. That kid's my hero of the week because that was a damn good hit and Rocky need good news stories. Sione, but, Sione so, now is his name. Uh, Sione no now. One, so no, no one. Nominated no one, by no. Mitch Hardy. <laughs> no, you we'll called me a tight ass last week on here for putting a nomination. <laughs> no, Mitch yeah. has gone undercover no, no. and nominated Daisy no. against Nettie's and now he's nominating himself. <laughs> no. no, it's definitely Dennis Friend. <laughs> We will um, we will give it to our box for Artie Savia because Artie Savia is my wife's hero as well. So. Oh, there you go. Artie is a legend. Yeah, he's good. He's good, and he just can win games. As he, as yeah. he did on the weekend it was uh, yeah, yeah, crush the world. And, and he just saw that too because he was on the he was on the ground because he got hit and he was on the ground, and then they went a couple of phases, then he got to his feet 
got there then to score the try. Like his his second efforts That's are um, shame. Yeah, phenomenal. Phenomenal. And then just a reminder before we do wrap it up, that if you are keen for a Rugby World Cup tour, just have a look at rugbyworldcuptour.com. So rugbyworldcuptour.com, hosted by the Rugby Wrap, 18 nights, seven cities, five matches, and plenty of merriment. So jump online to find out more. But that'll do us for the week. So Mitch, good to see you. Yeah, good to see you guys. Busy week ahead. We'll gather again on the hill on Saturday. On Saturday, and, yes. Uh, see what see what see what the rugby gods bring us this week. Yeah, and Tess, it's meant to be nice and sunny. You'll be happy to oh, know on the weekend. Oh, oh, I won't get my hair wet again, unfortunately, like he was, it was last He was weekend. very reluctant to go down slide on Saturday, wasn't he, Mick? Wasn't he? Yeah, he wanted to cut the hair. I liked it. Well, you, you guys have that set up. You had hot chocolates and everything. I mean, really, it was, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was how you guys live. But he, yeah. he treat me down there on the sideline. No. <laughs> yes, terrific. All right, so that's all going to be happening live on Stan Sport on Saturday from 3.30. But thanks for everyone for tuning in, and we'll catch you next time on the Rugby Wrap.